broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. And we're back, baby, after a very long layoff. My fault. I survived another year since shooting out of my mom's puss, which I guess there's some sort of virtue in that. Although I guess the older you get, the lower your chances of that succeeding another year happens. Technically uh, my fault. I made the call. I liked it. I liked it. I liked the uh, Denzel to my Gene Hackman, although I'm kind of bad. I'm kind of bummed about being the Gene Hackman in that case. But I like him. You'll learn your lesson by the end of the movie. Yeah, it's true. I was going to say, can I be the Jack Nicholson to you or Tom Cruise, but you're the Marine, so that doesn't work. Yeah. Extend well, me some fucking courtesy. <laughs> I just you want- need me on that wall. <laughs> you're going to do it, Weinberg. <laughs> fucking so good. What's up, buddy? How much? Um, well, right off the bat, since we just heard our intro here, um, I want to give another shout out to our uh, our intro narration voice. Yeah, man. The one, the one and only Ruthless Ruth. And uh, I was gonna. I asked her if I could do this. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop this into the Facebook page at some point um, after we finish this up. But uh, she has uh, recorded and released her fourth audiobook what that the she's fuck? narrated. Yeah, and um, so it's Lost so, Innocence, Di okay. Sally Parker, Book Five. She's got four now. Lost now, Innocence. Wait a minute. We're talking like sexy time. I hope so. I hope so. So yeah. wait a minute. Can you let's do this? Can, let's get that information mm-hmm. and we can link back to it from LSG. I have no problem with that. Oh, I like that. We yep. can put it on our menu and just say, hey, check this out. Friend of the show, Ruth, does some blah, 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 and we'll link back to it. I don't know if it'll drive any traffic to her, but it's something we can do. It's, it's super easy to do, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our listeners, <clears throat> not big readers, but they listen to stuff. Hey, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But not, not big readers. Not big readers. <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with you guys. Love you all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so shout out to Ruth. And, last um, week we were, and we're coming off rant. We ranted a little last week. I was kind of, kind of a little, kind of a little upset at what's her name. I forgot it, which is good. That's all right. We, we <clears> probably, <throat> we probably informed a, a lot of women about you know what's important. You know, white men talking about what's important <laughs> when it comes to uh, you know modern day feminism and how we deal with gender issues. So absolutely, dude. I'm sure they really appreciate our input and it won't result in any more one star reviews at all. The best is how my, the, the, the righteousness in which I spoke is just makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I have purpose, Mm -hmm. you know? Also shout out to Aaron for using the binary scale. Uh, Oh yeah. That's good. I'm proud of you for that. And, uh, random odd, sad news, but Josh and I, Worked together once at a store, at a Bose store, and I just found out they're closing all of them in the U.S. That's fucking crazy. Anyway. F- fucking Amazon. Hard-hitting Bose talk. Uh, Hard-hitting Bose talk. Yeah, that's why you tune in the X-Files podcast <laughs> to find <laughs> out we what. We had some great shenanigans at that store, my friend. <laughs> yes, and the binary scale is there, so it's all connected. <laughs> yep, binary as scale. It, as it were. Ever had to keep a cracker uh, in one piece between your butt cheeks while Good you luck. talk to customers? Good luck. Good luck. It's hope not you're easy. sweating. Yeah, hope you're sweating. Number one, number two, you're gonna laugh. You don't think so because <laughs> it's not comfortable, and you're not. You're not saying you're asshole. We're not fucking gross. Mm. Top of the butt cheeks, right? Clenched. Yep. Well, this is kind of an extra long hiatus in a way. We, you know, we took the time off, but then before that, we'd interjected um, Carmelita's pick, yes. right, Malagro, which yes. was a great one. 
But um, we're wrapping up a three-parter, and it feels like it's been a, it's been a day. It's been a long day since we talked uh, part two. Of, You're not wrong. Uh, of this show here, you know? And now we're finally back to wrap it up. And uh, let's not bury the lead. One of, if not my favorite mythology episode out there, right here. This, this is like a, a film quality episode to me. Dude, it is so fucking good. Not only is the episode so good, but this is my favorite. We're, we're getting into peak mythology. Sure. Where early on, the first two seasons, there's good shit. There's a lot of mystery. They're adding all these elements. But now it's really becoming, I think, at that peak level. We have the syndicate. You have these different relationships. You're seeing the scope of things. You're seeing this this underground vault, these millions and millions and millions and millions of records and this massive conspiracies um, and, and, and these hybrids getting more developed. And it's it's before, you know, we've talked about it before, no need to be redundant, but before they kind of just bury themselves and having to add more and put more hooks and turns and whatever. Um, right here, man, this is the shit. Yeah, it's good, man. I like that intro. Um, I'm not going to attempt to follow it. It does what it needs to do. It sets the stage. Let me tell you right now, I smell what you're cooking, pal. It smells nice. I, my stomach is ready to eat. Rumbling. Yeah, it's rumbling. Yeah. I'm no comedian, but I might hit you with a metaphor once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be very brave of you, sir. It would. I'm not, I, far be it for me to take the route of cowardice. Uh, <laughs> but here's what I will say. Uh, whether or not I'm pulling people out of fucking burning buildings or laying down on landmines for my friends, um, I'm going to just go ahead and say uh, I love this episode right out of the gate. I'm not going to hold back. It's the new me, you know? And, yeah. Uh, that's the way it's going to be. Lead with the chin. Well, it's a double love if that wasn't obvious enough. I think it was obvious. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to drop the love on you because uh, I don't want to try to articulate anything specifically as an intro other than to say this is film quality shit. Film this quality. Is, this is. And so that might sound demeaning, but what I mean by that, to just to be clear, because I think the golden age of television, as it were, uh, you know, it's... Um, it's a thing, but I don't want to get sidetracked. Let me, let me focus here. I'm scattering. Why am I scattering? Let's just say this. Film quality insofar is in the way it's shot, the dialogue, the tension, the pacing. Um, it's really pretty to look at, and it's expertly edited. Uh, it feels like a lot of time went into it, probably more time than one would imagine required um, <laughs> than you know, a standard episode of this TV show, just from a pure production quality standpoint. It's just really good. It's always good, but this happened to be exceptional. Yep. And I thought to myself, how did I not have this as a pick? That was the one of the, I, I remember saying that. There's just moments of, of the lighting alone. I was like, how do I not pick this? It's fucking crazy. Well, part, I think part of what was holding us back is, you know, just Mythology, the, yeah. the format, yeah, of how we used to do things where, yeah. you know, especially this being the final part of a three-parter, you know, it's kind of, yeah. you know, most of the mythology we did, if it was two-parters, you know, we did Dwayne Barry and Ascension as back to back and this was, Barry. Barry. every time we would have gotten to this eventually, but, uh, it's a three-parter and, um, yeah. you know, since you're talking about the film quality thing, we should, we should also mention this is another, uh, RW Goodwin Ooh. Uh, piece here. And that is the man. He, he's the, the go-to opener and closer. Of oh, who, okay. Who directed most of the, um, Mo Rivera, the Mo for, Rivera of episodes. For, yep. Mo <laughs> Rivera, but also the open, he he had the majority of I think for the first five seasons. Um, I'm having trouble because IMDb changed the format. I fucking love 
when mm. when websites randomly do that and then, then you can't find anything you used to find. That's terrific. Yeah, it's so cool. But he the majority of um season openers and season finales were his piece. And this is I mean, this is a finale quality episode. Yeah, man. For sure. It's it's episode number two, but as we've said, it it, it wraps up where we started with, with Anazazi at the end of season two, got back into with Blessing Away, and then right here to paperclip. Um yeah. And uh, boy, it's and you're right, man. There, there's some, there's some visually just hot, visually hot stuff, hot, hot stuff here. Uh, and you know, you got, you got, uh, you got our man. You got our man coming back in real hot. And he, uh, he says something along the line. Hostine is it? Your uncle? Yeah, yeah. My uncle Hostine. He comes in and he's talking some shit. He's uncle basically, you know, he's basically saying shit like. After tending to the white man's gunshot wounds and giving him a new lease on the life of him, he runs out and tries to get himself killed again. You cannot teach the white man how not to get himself him killed. Something like that. Yep. Yeah. White man, uh, like a Gila monster. Yeah, apparently. Talking God. Pollen boy. Pollen boy sucks, man. Pollen boy? Yeah. Oh, pollen boy. Yeah, pollen I didn't know boy. what the hell that was. Fucking pollen boy. That shit, you know? Yeah. I'm not doing it. I'm not making a fucking medication for, for like allergies joke. Again, not a comedian, so I'm not going to try. But um, yeah, Native American Plains, uh, they're talking about some some great events have taken place, Josh. What about these great events? Because we know about uh, the Navajo people and their stories and myths. We've learned a lot. Yes, we've learned a lot from your family history, and uh, it is uh, it is quite a thing. And I love throughout this three-parter, I really enjoy hosting's bits of narration mm-hmm. um, because in a way, you know, they serve as uh, to uh, explicate, I guess what's going on, I like style. Um, but they do it because of the perspective he's kind of narrating from. They do it in a very right. kind of unique and immersive way. I think. Sure. I can dig that. The white Buffalo, <laughs> the white, great white Buffalo, the great, <laughs> but dude, so many things come together. So many characters, so many aspects um, in this episode, and you know it's great. Forty-five minutes of TV, but you have hosting in this great continuing guest performance. Um, some really good shit from Mulder and Scully. Some really good scenes between Mulder and Scully. Some of, if not the best, Skinner we've seen yet. Complete new looks, like putting CSM in situations we've never seen him in. Sure, you know, a, a little spot from the Lone Gunman. Sprinkle in some alleged Nazis, dude. Can I just say this heroes. right now? Yeah. Well, no, no, finish. I'm derailing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm just saying, and pack a lot of shit into 45 minutes of television here. Yeah. Pack man. a lot of people that we are very excited to see and and get to see them in some very interesting manners. Yeah, so. dude. You know what? And the Nazis used to be crushing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, they yep. were like crushing it. Crushing. Worldwide scientific crazy experiments. You know what I mean? Yeah. And look, it's fucking horrible. I mean, you listen, they're crushing it in Hollywood and in the banking industry, probably the gem industry. But at the end of the day, dude, at the end of the day, they were crushing it. The Nazis were crushing it. Now what do they do? Well, you know, just, just help send people to the moon. Sorry, it's, world domination didn't work out. We'll, we'll take out plan B and just yeah, spearhead scoop them science. Up, head over, scoop them up, put them to work in the U.S. And that's Gangster that. move by the U.S., by the way. Total gangster, gangster move. That. That's some Rome. They learned that shit from Rome, man. Mm-hmm. Scoop them up. Now then, you work for us. Dude, yeah. Rome was so gangster. They're like, we're just going to rename your gods, and they're going to be now our gods with new names. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the most gangster shit ever. 
Yep. And then somehow forgot all of those, uh, everything we learned after being Germany and then, uh, and it's in Iraq and just make basically the exact opposite decisions and it goes really badly. Now they Shocker. just stand in front of podiums with like that fucking, you know what I mean? You know the haircut, the one I used to have that I had to get rid of. <laughs> it's like it's like when Jim Norton calls it the Amon Gert haircut from like Schindler's List. <laughs> now they just get that fucking haircut. They stand in front of a podium and they're just yeah. like black guys, except they, you know, they say a different word. And I'm like, ah, man, you, that's, you guys are fucking boring now. You know what I mean? <laughs> The Nazis or just people in general? The, the Nazis. I mean, all people are pretty fucking boring. Let's be real. I, I mean, yeah. you gotta you, you gotta appreciate a unrepentant Nazi scientist. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Fucking heads well, and vats and shit. I'm paraphrasing, but basically, like you you make an omelet, you're gonna break some eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Victor Klumper. That's right under the fucking Nazi scientist coat of arms. <laughs> if you want. You want to make the progress, you have to break some eggs or something. Yeah, yeah it's like Boy. that. I don't know. They've fallen from grace, though. You know, back yeah. when they were <laughs> graceful and, <laughs> yeah. and wonderful. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know what I mean by that. Fall from grace. Okay. Should we move past this? As much trouble as we can. Yeah. We move yeah, past let's. this, or am, am I creating what we call a bad optic in the industry? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure nobody will mention it. Yeah. I'm sure no nobody ever mentions my you know any kind of association related with the podcast with me and Nazis. So I'm yeah, sure I've seen some pretty clever photoshops from Johnny Butters. <laughs> Won't contribute to it at all. Yeah, at but all. Unrep- I mean, I love the idea that they're like, well, he does pretty good at the plants, and then he's like, well, I guess I'll since I, cr- I since I fused a tulip and a rose. Let me see if I can take this Jewish fucking rocket scientist and a chimpanzee and make the you know it's like. I uh, mean, I don't think they line up, though. Yeah, the kind of different science, maybe. He's like, yeah, but they're barely, uh, you know, we can do this. They're barely, uh, they're barely above the plant. I'm like, oh, did you say that? Welcome back to the LSG uh, <laughs> National Socialist <laughs> discussion <laughs> here at the X-Files podcast. Yikes. Boy. Um, but man, just getting back to this one. Um, <laughs> as we, you know... As we get into it here, I kind of want to, I kind of just want to lead off with just discussing where the mythology goes. I know we're kind of just jumping, whatever, man, right into the whole, you know, our, I guess the heart and soul of this episode. But what do you think um, of, of where we are from season one to this moment right now in, in the X-Files mythology and what they've, what they've built, what we're, what we're seeing? What do you, would you like the most? How, how much did you kind of did you remember everything? You remember where things were at? Um, do you remember any kind of recollection? Because I sure don't about seeing this for the first time and being like, "Oh, holy shit!" What yes, yes. Cool. To, to your last question, and let me just say something. I can tell you have a hockey background. You set me up. I like that. That's hey, chemistry. I'm in, I'm in Gressy's office, baby. Yeah, baby. Right Behind in front of the net. net. You got to shut him up sometimes. Sometimes you got to set your boys up. I'm gonna set you up too. Don't you worry. So look, it's um, it's fucking pivotal. I think this moment in the show, um, because I think it breathes life into the dark recesses of the conspiratorial offerings that were out there. You know, like in other words, we have teased conspiracy, and now we have a concrete idea of what said conspiracy is and what the point of all the shadow government operations are. And to me, that's very fascinating, number one. Number two, I distinctly remember watching this for the first time when I was doing a real watch through. Mm-hmm. 
And dude, I remember this moment going, this is badass, man. This is so cool. This is the moment that made me go, man, mythology is really good. And then as the show progressed, I kind of had forgotten about it because of so many standout Monster of the Week episodes. But I do distinctly remember the moment where I thought, holy shit, files, smallpox tied to vaccinations, right? They're turning the frogs gay! <laughs> Fucking shit like that. And, uh, and Park dude, helicopters! Yes, <laughs> yes. I've seen the documents, Joe! <laughs> CIA hit teams. <laughs> They're scrubbing them out. They're burning them all. So uh, yeah, man, I this was a pivotal moment for me in this show, and, and and a very memorable one. Now, if you would have asked me in the second season, do you remember what happens in Paperclip? I'd say no, but I could I couldn't have tied it to the episode in general. Just the moment stands out to me. Uh, apart from the labels, I just remember the moment of the reveal when they're in there and they're opening file cabinets and shit like that. And I was like, man, this is that, incredible. That shot when Mulder hits the lights and just like they come on and that, that tunnel just Dude. goes into infinity in the distance. And yeah. it's just fine. Cl- filing cabinets floor to ceiling on both sides. And right before the shot, God, they, he, he, there's a close up of them kind of determining but you might learn something about your dad you don't like, and he just goes, boom, and he turns the handle, and then they cut to the Skinner. I think they cut the Skinner smoking man before they come back. I'm like, ah, that's good. That's good editing. Mm-hmm. It's got me on the edge of my goddamn seat. Yeah. Kind of like I think Andrea is in the chat regarding you and I. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, she's, uh, uh, if we ever, if anybody ever writes uh, like gay fan fiction about <laughs> LSG, it's just, just, I don't care what the pen name is. It's fucking Andrea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All gay porn points back to Andrea, I guess. And that's cool. Maybe that's her proof, coat of proofreader, arms. Proofreader, just shoot it over. Maybe that's her coat of arms. Yeah. Um, it's just an eagle holding two dicks <laughs> pressed <laughs> tip, together. Tip to tip. You're just smashing. Probably the Iron Eagle of the Nazi party holding <laughs> two dicks just mushed together. <laughs> How are they? Are they, uh, what do you call it there? When you cut the little tip off that sucker? Circumcised? I was going to say they're going, they're going maybe some tummy sticks, but I don't maybe, know. Maybe some docking. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Docking. Yes, I've heard of that one. Yep. <sighs> yep. 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 But uh, yeah, man, this is a this is an outstanding episode, and it comes right on the heels. And so many important things happen. So you're talking about the Skinner stuff. I want to talk about that. I love watching the Smoking Man in this episode because I like watching him get unhinged. You never see the Smoking Man in a disadvantageous position, and he is, and he's desperate when he's dealing with Skinner. And that dynamic really stood out to me this week. I love that dynamic. Yep. And, and and it's so much more impactful and earned because of how much time they've put into this character just being this mysterious, always cool, always confident, badass, behind the scenes, just straight killer. And the the, the two ways, that the, the thing with Skinner, when he when he loses his school, loses his cool, and he tries mm. to like big dick Skinner, and Skinner just monster cocks him right back monster dude <laughs> she has drops a hog dude he right leg he fucking his dick leg dropped the just s- smoking man's dick hulk hogan style tripods the cancer boom man. fucking pinned him new heavyweight champ that and seeing cigarette smoking man in the syndicate kind yeah, of man. at a disadvantage with yes. guys calling him out on his tactic calling him out on his decision making him having to kind of lie and, and bluff and bluster, you know, th- that is so cool to see him not where we're used to seeing him. Sure. To, 
you know, and and th- it, it it puts perspective on a couple things. It makes Skinner an even more of a badass for for being able to stand up to him. Yes. So so well. I mean to to do it with such confidence and really to win in the end. When he when he drops those lines on him at the end of the episode, <laughs> oh my god. But it also gives some really cool weight to the syndicate because we we know so much about cigarette smoking man and we've seen pieces of the syndicate before but to see how they you know call him out this guy that by all you know everything that we've seen and heard pretty much anyone walking should be afraid of if they know this guy but to him hey this is just a co-conspirator co-conspirator and if he's not holding his weight they're uh they're gonna fucking drop it on him fuck yeah hell yeah man and it's 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 awesome to see because so we're we're getting a lot of information and it's confirming a lot of our conspiratorial uh, 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 misgivings or, or or curiosities maybe is a better word and then we're also we're getting we're getting some air on that and what I mean by that is we're learning we're gaining information we're going cool awesome but then to maintain the mystery they show a guy like the cigarette smoking man in a disadvantageous position when he's dealing with not just Skinner which just sort of reaffirms our love for him. But also when you get back to the syndicate, it's like, whoa. So how powerful are these guys? Yeah. I mean, to put him on the ropes a little bit. And, oh, here's something interesting. You know, Walter Gotell, he plays Victor Klemper. Yeah. He's fucking General Gogol from James Bond. Do you know who that is? I don't. General Gogol? What, yeah. what, uh, what Bond movies is? of the, se- chosen for the role of General Gogol in the James Bond movies of the 70s and 80s because he was, Look like the former head of Soviet secret police, Lavrenti Pavlovich. That's nice. cool. He's German, he, dude. He's born in he, Germany. <laughs> there's. I looked it up. I'm like, I'm assuming this isn't a real guy. Not. There's a Victor Klemperer um, who who was a uh, with like an, an additional ER. Yeah. Oh. Um, but ironically, he he was a like um he was a professor. I think he was a language oh. teacher, linguist, but. He, uh, I guess he's most well known for, he wrote, um, chopping up Jews and (laughs) making Frankenstein monsters. No, he was actually Jewish. Oh shit. But he lived through, um, like the German empire, you know, world war one era, then the interwar, the Weimar Republic, Weimar, Weimar. third Reich, the post-war. And he kind of diaried the experience through all of it. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, kind of different than this guy though. Yeah. Yeah. This this Victor, this Walter Gattel guy was born in Germany in 1924, the guy who plays Klemper in this episode. So, uh, yeah, so, tough spot. Not really crushing <laughs> it in 24. Pretty much starving, I guess. 18 in 1942, what were you up hmm, to? What were you sir? doing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, just chilling in the NG42 and that's killing GIs in France. No big deal. That's my favorite family guy when they're uh, <laughs> on a tour bus in like Munich. Yes, dude. There's, uh, there's, it, there's nothing in the uh, book between 1939. Nothing happened. Nothing. We're on vacation. <laughs> nine, nine, nine. It's so good. Yeah. Let me tell you, the MG42 never jams. Ugh. God, did you have to tell us that, Clemper? Just move along. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. So, uh, Hosting. Uncle uh, Al. Uncle yep. Al. Better to say it that way. Yeah. You know what I love about this guy? Dude, he just is doing, he's, he's there for the family, man. Like, then I'll warm your heart. Also, he's very wide of shoulder. I don't know if you know. He looked like he was wearing football pads. I mean, got <laughs> some shoulders on him. Yeah, wide wide frame yeah. without being like built. Yeah. yeah. It's a lanky, lanky son of a bitch. Yeah. But, Probably a terror on the ball court back in the day. Yeah, fuck yeah. Uh, you, know, I, you know what I imagine? Tenacious defense. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah. yeah maybe Probably, not the best shooter, but. 
Yeah, I don't think he. I don't think he was a good shooter. Good luck getting the basket. <laughs> but I, I don't think he was a good shooter. Uh, <laughs> kind of not having a lot of practice, but defense, man. You know, he would be like, "This is the line. I'm not letting him cross." And sure, he'll die on that line. Yeah, <laughs> I respect that. Yep. So Uncle Al uh, hoop dreams. That's a side podcast we're going to start. But no, <laughs> I like that he's there for the family. He's not work. You know what I like about him, dude? He's like, I'm not going to get to wrap him up in the white man business. And I love that <laughs> shit, man. Fuck him. Be there for the chicks. Let the guys kill themselves and scoop up the chicks. Yeah. Scoop them yeah. up when the guys are all killing themselves. I was asked to come here. Yeah. Really? By the fucking white buffalo? <laughs> By, who's, uh, who's calling you up on fucking spirit Skype? Mr. Gila Monster himself. Oh, yeah. Fox, Fox Mulder. What do you think um, of Mulder and Scully? This journey. Uh, I mean, we're talking specific in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no. Let's go back to season one, episode three. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the dynamic between these two characters? You've never mentioned it on the podcast before. <laughs> I'm just going to. Let's, let's go back things. to Beyond the Sea, actually. <laughs> um, it's good. It's really good. I, I think there's. You know, over this three-parter, obviously, we had a kind of a unbalance of of their screen time together because of you know Mulder's disappearance and everything. Right. And now we we get back to a lot of Mulder and Scully together, mm-hmm. and man, you really need that in this finale. And they're and they're great. Um, <clears throat> there's some there's some awesome moments of Mulder, um, really reaching, really reaching for that truth hard, deep, deep truth reach. But what I he's love, elbow, he's up to the elbow. I'm going to just go ahead and say that <laughs> easily. easily. I mean, he's he could be in a circus. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. I mean, you know, sword swallowing and whatnot. Right. But what I love is that Scully. It's not what you know when when she has to pull him back from the ledge. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's just off a relationship kind of basis, like, "Hey, I care about you. You're being a lot unra- deranged." unhinged whichever one of those you want to go with go for it they're all they're all applicable sometimes it's you know she's playing you know the doctor playing the scientist she's kind of coming at it analytically with facts but here as much as i think we've seen in any episode up to this point she's in it with him right yep she's she's just as deep um and she's countering from a much more personal level especially towards the end mm-hmm. um that scene in the diner with the two of them and Skinner is is a highlight for me in this episode. When when they talk about what it's all about and the tape and Mulder is just in truth crusader mode. And I love this moment. And when she says, um, paraphrasing, I think I might have written it down, but she says something about what what good is the truth if it's only for you? Or what good are these answers? Yes. I can't fucking find where I wrote it. But uh what what good are those answers to um to anybody but you <clears throat> when she's talking about how they they are not in any opportunity to not in the situation they need to actually bring anybody to justice to actually take this to the public to actually do anything of consequence and Mulder is just he's lost sight he just wants it Crusader for himself mode. yep and she has to call him back and then adding on to it when she's like I need to see my sister yes and then Mulder does the most cowardly shit in the world which is like fine you make the choice I know we're talking about the end of the episode now, but you know, she lays it all out there and he's like, you know, fine, but you know, it'll be, it'll be the choice that you made. So whatever happens, <laughs> come on, Mulder. Yeah. Um, I really like that piece of dialogue too. And maybe what I can do here is give us uh, give us a taste of it to sort of uh, highlight your point a little. 
Oh, I like it. Let's do that. See if you can. Look. You got it? Those answers mean nothing yeah, if we're going to be hunted down like animals. We are operating so far outside of the law right now. We've given up on the very notion of justice. We have turned ourselves into outsiders. We have lost our access and our protection. What makes you think there's any such thing as justice, Scully? Then what good are those answers to anybody but you, Andrew? What we found last night... I want exactly what you want. But I need to see my sister. Perfect. Um... It's it's there's no it's not an accident I had that queued up. That was a standout moment for me. Um, standout for a couple of reasons because I think it reintroduces a very realistic feel to the damn television show. We're talking about conspiracies with aliens and deals made in in you know with galactic implications. That might be a bit of an overstatement, but you get my point. Creatures from beyond are negotiating with our government in secret. And um, and we have this moment that's very real to me. I think a lot of modern television fucks this moment up. And it fucks this moment up because they're both like, yes, absolutely, let's go. We're heroes. We got this. We're going to do this shit. You know, everything is extreme. Everything is sh- extreme, right? Yep. But here, you have a woman who is under a tremendous amount of stress. You have this person who's so frazzled with the reality of the situation. And of course, Jalen Anderson's performance is so good that it makes you feel like what a real federal agent might say in this position. And that's the part about it that I love. Like what, what we don't, we have nothing. We're operating outside of what it's, she's being just so real, so pragmatic. Yes. Right. And 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 that's never, you never get that. No, absolutely not. And like, unless you're watching the wire. Sure. Sure. Right. Yep. <clears throat> but you you got to rein it back to, you know, and, and there's practical reasons too. Like if you want this to be a sustainable show, like it can't be the two of them on the run from the government and this massive conspiracy for the rest of the show. Like yeah. we need to get them back into, back yeah. into the basement. But just the reason of like, yeah, not only are we pursued by, you know, people that are technically criminals, but we are like illegitimate in the eyes of the FBI. A hundred percent. So we, we don't have anyone to turn to. We don't have anyone to say like, Hey, these are the bad guys. Cause you guys aren't, you know, in, in the eyes of the law, at least aren't, sure. aren't you have all, nothing. Uh, you have nothing. Right. Um, also expanding Skinner, on, Skinner being in that scene. Hilarious. <laughs> Just kind of sitting there. It's hilarious from a, from a, like an, uh, <laughs> from an arrested development standpoint where the camera shifts and he's there and you're like, Oh, <laughs> you're fucking sitting there. Just during their heart to heart. But yeah, he's got a couple of those moments. But, My favorite but one is when he's looking at whole scene when he walks <laughs> into the heart. Can you just imagine? You're like, dude, you're, 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 uh, you know, assistant director and you, you walk in, you're here on this kind of emotional thing you're, to see one of your, uh, one of your agent's mother who's at her possibly dying other daughter's, uh, bedside. And then there's just like a out of context Native American praying over. <laughs> like you have no, there's no context for that in, in Skinner's mind. It's kind of hilarious. Who are you? Um, but I want to expand what a now little bit. with you people. He's <laughs> like so insensitive. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, 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 Skinner, chill. I get hey, it. You're the FBI. Don't bring not up a, wounded knee. I was going to say, not a great history. But chill, <laughs> man. Just chill. But no, uh, him being in the scene, here's why I like it. Outside of his dialogue, I just love the idea that he gets to witness this between his two agents because it has to just reaffirm how serious they are and how dedicated and professional they are and what they mean to each other and what they're trying to get to the bottom of is the same thing kind of he wants to. 
Yep. Hence the hence these little sort of back alley protections that he's always he's always trying to look out for them in a, in a sense um, when he's not trying to also teach them a lesson to stop fucking around. And it's easy to look back on it, and this has come up before how we, you know, in retrospect, we're always thinking of Skinner as a good guy and an, and an ally. But this is really the moment where I mean they had guns drawn on him at the beginning of this episode. Put it down, no, you put it down. And then by the end of it, they are they're sitting around this table talking about you know, and and Skinner puts his ass in the line in yeah, such man. a major way, his career, reputation, his fucking very life, and um, it's easy to kind of take the significance of that for granted because we, you know, we look back and we think of hey. Skinner, he's one of the good one of the good ones. One of the, he's um, a good egg. Yeah, but I I do want to expand and uh, add on to something I said very offhand that we're getting a little pushback in the chat from um, on, on what from BP and Carmelita about the moment. I'll shut of, it down right now. <laughs> <laughs> like a complete fucking tyrannical person. <laughs> <laughs> about what I mentioned before about Mulder putting the choice back on Scully. Okay, I didn't like that. Not not that I thought it was bad writing or anything like that, but I thought that was kind of like the, I thought that was an emotional cop-out for Mulder. Okay. Scully already said what her choice would be. And then for him to say like, well, the choice is yours and walk away it is just not taking responsibility. Yeah, for, he's left it on her. Yeah. Like, this is kind of your fucking thing. Ultimately, you can say, you know, Scully blames herself, but really at the end of the day, it's what Mulder has gotten him into, that's the reason his, her sister is in the hospital. hundred percent. Possibly fucking dying. That's the reason their careers and lives are in jeopardy, that they just got shot at by government. Black team, CIA! <laughs> and Kill for teams. him, for him not to turn to Skinner and say like, we're going to take the deal, to make her be the one to say it, I think it's shitty. I think it's shitty yeah. Mulder. Again, it's not bad writing. No, no, no. I just no, think no, it's, no, it's, it's perfect writing for his, the state of mind he's in. Yeah, I mean, do you, he can taste it. Do you agree? Because both BP and Carmelita are, are really high on that specific thing of, of Mulder. They, they kind of, I think, they're well, kind of so looking what, so at. So you're it. saying he he's putting it back on her, kind of, kind of leaving her with a little choice by upping and walking out. And their take is, hold on, I got to get my chat up. Their their take is. Can you summarize? Um, basically, I what I think they're getting at because it's a conversation that's happening is right. that. Is is that it's sort of he's empowering her to be like I trust you to make this decision and oh. and whatever hmm. and that you know you're right in this with me and I'm kind of looking at it as a cop out on Mulder taking responsibility. I see what you're saying. So and I'm not saying it, neither is right two, or wrong. Two interesting, there, two interesting. There's, there's no objective truth here. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, you know, T, no truth with truth with capital T. Yeah. Um, so what do you, I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. I hadn't. I just assumed it was kind of Mulder being Mulder, to be perfectly frank, which means I tend towards what you were thinking, but now I'm thinking. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think about it that much before, um, but I need to see my... So so if we're going off of the... But I need to see my sister, and then he just... There's that real long beat in the, uh, in the conversation, and then... She's like, well, are you going to say something? And then that's when they start talking about the backup of the tape, or have done all these files, put a protector on them. Um, and, and that's when he's talking about, oh, I'm in jeopardy too, the cigarette smoking man. And Scully's like sort of waiting on him and then says, it's up to you, Scully. Hmm. I'm watching yeah. the scene now. Yeah. And it's, it's actually hmm. not, I forget, it's not as late in the episode as it feels. It's 28 really minutes. About, yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's, let's analyze it a little. 
Why don't we, why don't yeah. we do that? I, let me, I let think me back it's an it important, up. Let me back I think it's it up. an important character moment. Yeah, I, I trust my listeners, too. He's looking at It's up to you, Scully. Yeah, he doesn't say it in a dickish way. I don't think he's being a dick, but I think... It, I, I don't... Yep, sorry. Let me lower it. He's not intentionally trying to cop out of it. I just think the... To say it's up to her, she just told you how she feels about it. Sure. So to say it's up to you, you're just sure. saying make the decision you've already said you want to make, but I'm not, I'm not overtly backing you on it. I'm right. just kind of putting my words, hands I, up. I, I, in other words, maybe, maybe it feels better to say, then let's do that. I support you, right? Yes. To, to you know, put a hand on her t- hand and to turn back to hand. Skinner and be like, we'll take the deal, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it looks like we're the minority because uh, some other people chiming in the chat that they're kind of, he was, <clears throat> uh, Miss Renaud says, I always felt he was handing control to her. And that's, you know, I think it's a good way. But again, you know, I think it would be, I think it would be a little bit more of a, him taking some weight off her shoulders to, to because then what? Like, <clears throat> if this goes badly, then is, is it going to be something where like she, feels more responsible, you know, like mm. if anything out of this deal doesn't work out well, if, you know, this truth is forever buried and they never get back to it, you know, then Mulder's kind of off the hook because he didn't make the decision. He let her make it. Maybe. Yeah. I like, kind of fuck you Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> kind of fucking. Kinda. It's weird though. Cause if you watch the following scene, there seems to be the gray white Buffalo. No, where she just says, <laughs> I told <laughs> I told him to kind of just make the deal. Like it seems here, here's what I will say. So you're making sense logically. Let me just say that from, from where I'm watching it standpoint. Mm-hmm. But if you, so this, I think it's becoming a battle of head and heart to me where I feel like the chat's going more with the heart feel because if we take the music, if we take the longing glances, if we take the soft way in which he said it and the way he sort of casually walks away and doesn't say the choice is yours, Scully and Bales. Right, that would be right. very, very different. And and then he's outside, and she kind of walks outside quietly and just says, I told him to make the deal, you know? Pardon yes. me, my phone's ringing. It's annoying. But um, that was Rick and, Rick and Morty. <laughs> it's, it's the song when he kills everybody. <laughs> Fucking oh, hey, real, real quick aside before we get back to it. Go. Um, this was being posted in the Facebook group. There was some, there was some big uh, poll contest about best TV characters, and... Mulder, Fox Mulder beat out Rick 51% to 49% finals. Powerful. Powerful Fox Mulder. Powerful Fox Mulder. Mm-hmm. There you go. Anyway. Man. Sorry. Carry no, on. That's, that's, that's also fair. beat Jimmy yep. McNulty, Dean Winchester, Ellen Ripley. Fuck. Gandalf, Frank Reynolds. And, McNulty, uh, huh? And Rick, yeah. I guess that's not just TV characters. I'm shocked that Winchester didn't get more votes because he's that's a huge fucking show. Hey, real quick, probably would have voted Ellen Ripley. <laughs> <laughs> Kinda. So, so, so movie characters too. It's it's movie slash TV character. Yeah, I just watched Alien the other day. So good. But before mm-hmm. I lose my train of thought, maybe the moment where they're out on the porch, you know, it you, it doesn't feel. God, I'm really reaching here, but I wouldn't have even thought about it if it wasn't the chat for the chat. So, in the interests in 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 having trait agreeableness to the chat, I will say. To, to their point, when they're standing out on the porch, you feel like it. it is more of a, it feels more like the way the chat's saying, but logically it makes sense the way you're saying it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, they, they definitely, 
make us, I think it wants us to feel that they're united. Again, I just kind of, my yeah. feelings. It's funny when you say it because I didn't think about it any other way other than he was kind of doing his Mulder thing. But that might just because I'm so fucking brainwashed by him being petulant sometimes <laughs> that I didn't even consider it the other way until the chat actually pushed back on it. So yeah, it's an interesting thought for sure. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's get to some other... Let's just kind of talk about some other like favorite moments. Oh Obviously, my God, dude. We're, we're already not running through this in order. So no, just, okay. what are some other shit that you, you really dig in this episode? So a couple things. Um, I the The physicality of Skinner, I know it sounds like it doesn't matter much, but the Skinner stuff, which is going to lead me to the Crycheck stuff. Mm. Um, oh, I didn't even mention him when I was talking dude, about elements of this episode. Hell yeah. So he, I mean, they go after Skinner, Skinner fights back, and he definitely, he definitely hurts one of those boys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hurts him real good. <laughs> and that guy's like, fuck, man. He wakes up the next day and he's like, son of a bitch, man. That guy hits like a moose. <laughs> That's what that guy's thinking. But they overwhelm him. Obviously, they're trained. There's too many of them. That's just life. Yeah, three, three to one. Three and to one. And they're ready tight, for it. Yeah. And they, yeah, they're, they're, it's not three to one. A bar fight breaks out. It's three guys going after you. One of which being fucking, well, it looks like Quintus from Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a cool moment of him fighting for it and them still taking it. And it leads me to the next thing I want to talk about. Crycheck giving him the extra punch at the end makes me feel something for Crycheck here. Like he has this stress within him. Like he's like, fuck you. Like he hits him and I'm like, what is he doing? I thought it was so funny how he just gave him the extra shot after they had what they wanted. Yeah. And then you see the follow-up scene where they're trying to kill him. That great, great moment, you know, where he runs out of the car as it's going up and he's like, whoa. Yep. I love the element of tying up loose ends. I like it's in, you know how I said we're getting all these cool answers, but we're also setting up interesting dynamics for future episodes. Yeah, this is a perfect example of that. We now have this new dynamic where we're saying, "Oh, okay, Crycheck's you know he's a killer. He's mad at you, CSM, <laughs> and CSM doesn't like that too much." I love, CSM take yes, great, super, okay, good, good, outstanding. We're, I'm, yes, I'm, I'll tell the group that right now. <laughs> I'll tell the group that. Yes, man, that's terrific. Uh, and he's like, I'm going to fucking get you, bitch. You know, I like, I like, he knows exactly who to call. Also, I guess the other, the only dynamic I, I had questions about was, and this is probably going to be a, a waste of time to talk about, but it does interest me. And that's, so these two guys pull in, they must know the bombs in there. So I, I'm, it's, I'm curious and maybe the show answers this, but I don't know why they're targeting Crycheck specifically. I have no idea if those other two assassins are going to end up dead because of the CSM. It's, it reminds me of like, you remember in Batman, in Batman, uh, Batman Returns, not Batman Returns, the name of it, The Dark Knight, where Ledger has all the Jokers killing each other. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's what it reminds me of. Like, they kill him, then they're like, oh, good. They're walking out. The other guy shoots the other guy, and then the CSM man shoots the last guy or something, you know? Like, yep. So, it's, it's like some uh, ancient emperor shit where they like, you know, <laughs> they have all these guys build, like, you know, dig out the tomb, and then they have these soldiers like kill the kill the builders and then Fuck they have yeah. like the Praetorian guard kill the yes. <laughs> soldiers that killed them. <laughs> exactly, dude. At some point you gotta be like, so who's coming from me, right? Yeah. So that's one of those where you're like a thousand years later, they're like, how did this happen? Like, yeah. we're still fighting? Oh, yeah. To get back to that, 
um, yes. about Crycheck. A couple things about it. My response to the point points you raise, I think the reason Crycheck gets targeted is it comes back to his overall involvement, not just in what they... Knows too much kind of thing. Knows too much was the one that was responsible for shooting Melissa, which you saw how pissed the rest of the oh, right. was. You know, it's, it's, it's fucking hilarious to, to have them say like an innocent woman was shot. Like, like do people <laughs> care about that, but I'm sure it's more of like appearances and just yeah. the trouble that it could get them into. Um, sure. Sure. He, he knows too much. He's been involved too much. He's, you know, he kind of made CSM look bad. Right. Right. Well, right. manicured man calls him out on his, his, you know, unprofessional assassins and, really kind of drags him through the mud, mud on it. <clears throat> so CSM feels the need to, uh, you know, tie up some loose ends and Crycheck is the biggest one, but by letting him get away, um, boy, boy to see, uh, that's gotta be a stressor because yeah, you now, got, yeah, you got the lone wolf. Crycheck is fucking rogue, baby. Dude, you got the fucking lone wolf. He flew the coop. <laughs> Better watch your ass, man. Crycheck, uh, when motivated is dangerous. Yeah. As he's we scary. Know. I love that phone call that anger because that's something that you don't get um some you already mentioned with that punch what's great about Crycheck as a oft villain character yes is that he is so passionate right you know, you know yeah it was I mean, unexpected because he's such a farm boy when he's like oh here's your new pal yep but then you're and like a, oh shit and a lot of the bad guys we're used to dealing with in x-files i'm talking mythology right not much yes of the week. yes <clears throat> they're they're these professional cold syndicate types and, and cigarette smoking man and the assassins and the bounty hunter. And, you know, they're not this fiery cry check kind of, you know, there's they, some they elements have of, like, and molder in there. Right. They have the well manicured man. Like I'm just, it's cool. I'm chilling, man. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And, uh, <clears throat> it's very cool where, where now you have, I mean, just think about the writing implications. It's, it must be exciting to know, like, right. We got, we have a wild card. We have Crycheck now who who knows <laughs> everything, doesn't really have any allies left exposed, has a lot of enemies. You know, he could come back in and be an enemy of the syndicate. He, you know, he called out Sarah's Pokemon essentially, but also he killed Mulder's father. Yeah. So, you know, Mulder's going to probably hold that a little bit against him. Uh, I like it. I like yeah, it though. It's awesome. It's just, again, it, it increases. It, I love an episode that makes you. Here's my favorite type of TV, um, and, and and they can't all be this way. But when you're doing stuff like, holy shit, wow, what an incredible, what an incredible revelation! Oh, and by the way, remember when when they tried to kill? I would see my, I could see myself talking about this, dude. What's Crycheck gonna do? Yeah. Like, what a cool revelation! We learned this awesome thing, and whoa, what's gonna happen with Cry? Like. This is awesome, and now what's going to happen with this thing next, unrelated to that, but but born of that? Does that make sense? Yep. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. That's like beautiful, it a lot. man. That's it's fucking beautiful. beautiful, man. Yeah. So, so since we're talking about uh, characters getting killed, let's talk about another pretty important thing, which is Oof. Missy, Missy, uh, mm-hmm. Missy Scully uh, dying. Yeah, and Mama Scully. Who did you pick? Did Dad pick one of us? That shit. Oh, and right, the, the discussion with when Mulder wakes up his mom at two in the morning and fucking yes. rants at her. She wakes, yeah, he's got the light in her face. <laughs> she she wakes up to her frantic son being like, did daddy I, pick? I learned this one from Dr. Klemper. Let me shine <laughs> this light in your face. <laughs> it's that or I'm getting the scalpel. 
Your, your <laughs> choice, mom. But uh, yeah, so what do you think about Miss that? You. I mean, we have this three three episode arc. We've already killed Mulder's father. We've we've made some crazy reveals, and to you know, I I think he could have gone. Well, obviously they had the option. You know, Missy could have pulled out of it. Sure. What do you think about the decision to axe her here to have her not come through the 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 white buffalo? The mother lay down and died, and sometimes a sacrifice might must be uh, made so that an other might live, as Uncle Al says. Yeah, I, I thought it was also the. I, I I also thought that his metaphor was very meta in that it was like you know we're we are. This is good. This is on in a meta aspect. This is good for your show. This is good for writing opportunities. This is good because it puts your character into a new position. It also is good because it alters the dynamic a little bit between Mulder and Scully, where it's always been Scully. Mulder's always been my sister, my sister, my sister, and Scully's always had her sister, and now Scully doesn't. So not only does she get it, but she might even get it more. You know, which is a yep. whole new growth arc for their relationship. Um, so all of the meta aspects make sense to me. Um, as far as it being related to what Uncle Al is saying, I'm I'm fine with that. This has been established for this three episode arc. Um, I do like that. It's also I, I I think it's I think from a writing standpoint, a plotting standpoint, what I love about it is this: I love the fact that we had a character get shot. We didn't know what was going to happen to her, which a lot of times means she's going to live but they want to highlight the danger by showing her near death and then she'll pull through. But yeah. instead of that killing her, yep. I think that's bold writing. Um, you know, would you say brave? I might say brave. I might even <laughs> dare say courageous, courageous. <clears throat> You're yeah. right though. Cause that is so often it's a, it's an emotionally manipulative thing. And yes, that the, that verbiage is probably pretty strong. It's, it's also good writing for drama, you know, absolutely <laughs> to, to have a character. In this show, we've seen multiple times Mulder kind of a death door or literally a death door. Scully kind of in the same situation, right? We've seen it in, in one breath with Scully. We've seen it here with uh, in the last episode with Mulder. But in the back of your head, you're probably, no, they're not going to die. Um, sure, sure. And But you can do that with characters. You can do the fake outs. And we talked about this on The Lost Drive-In, right? When we're talking about Rise mm-hmm. of Skywalker, how many fake outs they did, it, which is just such a, it's such a cop out. And then, you're right. They didn't have to kill her. They already got some impact out of, out of her being shot out of Scully feeling responsible. Then to have her go over the edge, man. And you're right. It's now Scully. I mean, obviously she's invested, right? She's deeply tied to Mulder. She's deeply tied to, you know, this, this whole thing. She's been personally abducted. Mm-hmm. That, that is a massive, massive thing for her character. But now she suffered a pretty tremendous personal loss because directly because of her involvement, this right. isn't like her father, which was just kind of a tragedy. This is because of her involvement with Mulder and these investigations. Missy got shot and she died. Yes. And it, it, it gives a weight um, and a buy-in to her character. And, you know, Mulder kind of has, has that renewed where obviously he always had the sisters, the driving quest, but he had no personal responsibility in that. I mean, he, there's times when he blames himself, right? <clears throat> As the mm-hmm. older brother, not having been able to do anything. But it certainly wasn't because of his actions now. But his dad dying kind of, they both just went through something kind of similar. Losing somebody incredibly close to them kind of directly because of their involvement in in this thing they're seeking. So it's sort of, it ups the stakes and it raises your buy-in. Because at this point, if you're going forward after those sacrifices, 
it, you you better make it worth it because you know sure. what the stakes are and you know what you've already lost. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot, man. I like the idea of um, you know her. You know, Ben saying in the chat discussed the how it could possibly devastating realize that your sister was taken on a choice that could have been him. Much extra guilt must Mulder feel. Um, so what I thought about that for a minute, and if you're a Mulder you're really kind of pushing the thing where she is saying, yeah. I mean, she's saying that bullet could have been meant for me. You should be saying, yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? Because you want to keep that blame off of you. Yeah. I'm just saying if you're a sociopath, <laughs> you want you definitely want her to feel that because what you don't want her to do is have the light bulb go off and go, wait a minute. My sister's wait. dead because of you, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be like, yeah, I know. That's so crazy. You're Boy. so lucky. Yeah, so yeah. so lucky. But it's okay. Don't feel too guilty Don't about it. Bad. I mean, it is yeah, it is kind of because of that, but Yeah. And then and then you know, you and then to add the narcissist part to the sociopath, you're like you probably feel like a little more like I do about how justice is important now though, right? <laughs> <laughs> like just a fucking maniac to work with. Like, like we really a, it, now we really got to get to the truth though, right? For, yeah. for Missy. For, for Missy. Missy. For yeah. justice. <laughs> for justice. <laughs> shitty <laughs> you're working with fucking patrick bateman <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh you know it but 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 to the point obviously you know i think and, and i don't i don't want to beat Mulder up but i don't know how much guilt he'll actually feel about this whole thing in the end of the day because i don't know if he maybe he does maybe i'm not kidding i like do you feel like he has the pensiveness of a scully like he seems so much less thoughtful when he's in crusade mode which seems to be always right he's the great irony and this probably come up before is that Mulder is a much more emotional character sure but scully is a much more empathetic character uh-huh yes that is very Mul- ironic like it's they have a totally different dichotomy where Mulder he's driven by emotions so much of the time, but then when he analyzes other people and he tries to empathize and sympathize, it's in a very rational kind of deliberate way. Yeah. Whether it's as a profiler or there's times when he shows compassion for people and stuff like that, but it's, it's a very deliberate, like I'm thinking about this, I'm focusing on it. I'm thinking of what to say. And then you have Mold, uh, Scully who's like the opposite. She's m- much more driven by rationality and, um, observation and things like that and yet she is always the one that is making just almost uh, you know intrinsic emotional connections and empathetic kind of things and that's that's really cool that they're kind of yin and yang about those things right and there's a lot of good info in the chat just talking about how these shared experiences are going to bring them closer together these shared experiences of having information in the same facility are going to bring them closer together um yeah totally it's it totally will do that um, and not just that, but this is almost, and, and we know Scully's seen crazy shit, but this also, outside of that stuff, this is probably the evidence that she finally required to sort of be on board with the crusade. That's yep. not to say she's not going to apply her pragmatic nature. She will always to keep them from getting killed immediately. Cause let's be frank, if, uh, <laughs> if Mulder ran this thing, they'd be fucked. Um, but yeah, it's, it is, it, it, it ties it all together in a very natural way. And that's probably one of my favorite parts about it is the natural way in which this has the, the confluences, which feed the great river. That is the through line seem to all be converging at the right time. Right. Yep. It's pretty sweet, man. It's good shit. Um, I want to hit on just talking about great moments and we mentioned some of it, but want to spend a couple of moments just talking about this whole, one of my favorite set pieces 
um, that we've seen the X Files. This this abandoned mining facility slash secret government like mm, vault. It's incredible. I fucking love this thing. I love I love it as like a piece of TV. You know what we see here, what we learn here. My favorite visual moments in the episode come here. The the shot of Mulder coming back out when when the lights go out and the, those lights coming through the front of the kind of the warehouse looking facade and he's Amazing, backlit man. and then that alien looking figure way at the end of the hallway <laughs> that that Scully sees man less God is damn, more cool. oh it's so good and I mean just the whole thing in general is awesome it's an yeah. abandoned mining facility in West Virginia. This is where your dad was, Mulder, along with this Nazi scientist and a dude who's a key member of the syndicate, you'll come to find out. That's where they were. So it's emotionally massively important. It's tied Which to Which we haven't history. spent enough time talking about, I think. We haven't. Let's hit that Be- next. Yeah. And you're right, man, because we've we've discussed like Scully's buy-in and Scully's issues. And, and it seems like a good way to go after Mulder is to go after the thing that he holds most dear, which is in his mind, these ephemeral things like truth and justice by making yep. his father a collaborator with Nazi scientists. Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to kick Mulder in the balls, right? Yep. Because, because of his, because of his principles and his dogmatic at times, uh, uh, sort of connection to those principles. And then for him to, to have this creep up on him, you know, it's like, look, you liked fucking Nantucket growing up, didn't you though? <laughs> huh? Didn't you? So maybe don't judge daddy's work, okay? I bet you had two fucking different accents. You I did, you, didn't you? Oh, you fucking snake. You were a double kid. <laughs> you had a whole fucking toy box full of uh, G.I. Joes though, didn't you? Right? So don't judge daddy for his work. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it's a thing. You know, it's, he's never had a great relationship with his dad. So the blow is softened somewhat, but the, the mind fuck of going, okay, so the very thing I am investigating into, which is bad, is connected to my father who is complicit in assisting these people. I mean, that is a, that's brutal for Mulder. And then to, to, in a way, narrow the scope but raise the stakes for Mulder is to find out that it was his father's choice. That's right. That mm-hmm. is the reason that Mulder is walking the streets and Samantha is not mm-hmm. in all probability. Again, sure. we want to stay away from, we've talked about some of it before, but mythology spoilers. I know for a fact we have at least a handful of listeners who are actually going through the show for the first time with us. Sure. So, yep. So let's not blow loads on. Yeah, and I won't remember them, dude. <laughs> Perfect. The old Exiles <laughs> blunder. I had, dude, I couldn't even tell you what's up with her, his sister. Don't know. <laughs> I'll remember when I watch it. Like it'll come to me seconds before. Yep. Like a fucking Alzheimer's patient. <clears throat> But, but that's um, huge. That's just all yeah. huge. And and it and also leads to another thing we haven't talked about. Back in the greenhouse, again, really cool set oh. to what what a cool way to meet a terrible to man. Meet a Nazi scientist who experimented on people. <laughs> yeah, the only thing better would be if he was fucking playing with Legos with his nephews. <laughs> <laughs> Teaching Sunday school. Yeah. <laughs> This is called the X-Wing. <laughs> oh, he's a nice guy. He likes Star Wars. He's brave. The the evil rebels, yes, they come and... Uh, <laughs> the, the Empire just wants good order. They come along and they fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> he smashes the fucking plane. Trying to show peace and security. What? <laughs> <laughs> For the galaxy, yeah? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Like, you like getting robbed on the Mos Eisley? Good, keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Uh, I like the idea of Nazis appealing to the imperial decree. <laughs> that's, that's a good skit. <laughs> that's my one of my favorite parts of the... Uh, remember the old... Um, Jake, actually, your brother picked up a copy uh, the of imperial the original... imperial source book? Well, it, it was the original West End Star Wars RPG. And scattered throughout it, there's like... Um, the propaganda, right? Propaganda posters, but also like uh, like sales pitch for like you know like uh, yes, when joining. Boeing's yeah <laughs> joining and like trying to sell an X wing, you know, restore order to the galaxy. Yeah, bring peace and secure. See the galaxy. Wookie smell. Up. Nobody likes them. Wait a minute, it's, it's a little overt. Yeah, that's funny. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? Oh, the following all these reveals, <laughs> just got hit in the head by a fly. Um, <laughs> Following that sounds these- like a big fly, dude. <laughs> well, Where the, the fuck are you, man? Yeah, Fucking Somalia? <laughs> the Moog, baby. The Moog. Um, following, <laughs> following all the shit that they find out, then to have this interesting little face down with a well-manicured man. Yeah. Who, again, this guy's so gangster, and I love he's that so he, gangster. he comes across, it's like, he's a bad guy, right? He's evil, right? But he's so... He's so charming in a way and like doesn't deny that he was responsible for having Klemper killed. Doesn't yeah, say man. it himself, but no dude, when asked, he doesn't even say anything. Yep. I love that. Just kind of looks, looks at them. Like <laughs> he's like, he looks like he's about to say, do you like my slippers? <laughs> but this, um, this is another one of my favorite pieces of dialogue is kind of running dialogue as he's, what, is he just giving Mulder the whole scoop? And Mulder is just yeah. chowing down. Just Delicious. eat, scoop, uh, and mouthful. S- drops, drops the spoon and just picks up the whole bowl of cereal and is just like, yeah. just sucking it down. He's and doing Scully's, like, basically, basically, Wilming remains doing the fucking choo-choo train with the fucking, <laughs> with the cereal. Choo-choo. And now he's reaching for the fork. All right, no, no, baby. Uh, 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 uh. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> in my mouth. Nom, 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 nom. Fucking eat it up. And and Scully is uh, like Mulder. He's he's telling you exactly what you no want to shit, hear. Man. And Mulder's just got those truth blinders on. Mm, he's like, but sugar's so yummy. <laughs> sugar is so yummy. <laughs> and yeah, BP reminded us in chat. I mean, we, we kind of didn't even mention it, but talking about that whole last piece of that facility the the reveals of scully's file being in there and Shoot. that samantha's file is also in there right which which ties them together in a very unique way right right, right. these possible abduction thing but i i love this stuff with a well-manicured man i love i love that he he gives Mulder all the answers or, or mm-hmm. does he poor victor he, he loved his orchids because <laughs> what he crafts is this is what Mulder wants. This this is the kind of grand conspiracy that he always knew it would have to be, mm-hmm. right? This is why we talked about an episode which is actually in the future. It was one of our previously published uh, that we'll re-release, but Paper Hearts. When, when the thought of Samantha just having been abducted and killed by some, some fucking psychopath serial killer mm, was so derailing to Mulder to just take take everything away from him to, to lost his sister and then spend his whole life trying to reason out why, what, what it all meant, what it was part of mm-hmm. now. It, this is the opposite of what that dude. And I can't remember his name. He's so great in paper hearts does is he gives Mulder all the answers he wants yeah. that if his sister was lost, it was because of this, 
this grand thing. And if he can just pull this thread a little harder and expose it all, he'll in some way do justice, right? Yeah, to- that's that's such a classic manipulation. Uh, Luther Lee Boggs does it to Scully, you know? Oh yes, yep. plays with the emotions of 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 information from beyond, like any yeah. morsel about my father. You know, like that's when people are vulnerable like that. That's how you snap them in. It's nasty. Yep. And well, American man has made a whole living doing that shit. But it also he's also giving Mulder some respite by saying, "Oh, your father objected, right?" There's that must make Mulder kind of feel better again. But it's just enough to lead just, him along. But is it just what he wants to hear? Yeah, precisely, yeah. Scully tells him. Yeah, because now you're creating trust with the subject, right? <laughs> yep. Um, as we kind of kind of hit a couple other things, but since we're all over the place, if anyone in the chat has uh, kind of key moments or key elements or themes or of this episode or uh, you know anything that we missed, if you want to drop that in the chat, we'll see if we can, we can hit it as we get closer to uh, to our end here. But yeah, um, yeah. in the meantime. Wanted to wanted to dish you another pass in the high slot, and mm. um, I was going to ask you one too. Okay, all right. Well, you first. Mine's easier. Um, yes. Who's your MVP of the episode? Oh, that's not easy. You don't think so? I figured you'd have it locked up, but you can come back to it. Let me come back to that. You can one. come back to it. I'm going to think about that. I'm going to throw something at you, and then I'm going to do some thinking about it. All right, go go. That's fair. So um, the. This as 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 a three parter. How do you, how do you think about this? As Anazazi through this, we don't have to spend a lot of time. Obviously, we've spent three episodes talking about them together. Um, if you can kind of remember how you feel about it, how would you rank them if you had to, and and how do you feel about it as an arc overall? Um, I think as a three parter, it's great. And if I'm not mistaken, it's the second one. Um, no, it's a it's the first one, the first three parter, right? Th- this is the first three parter. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, you, you're devoting three episodes to a very interesting and important revelation. While I, I think, I think my episode feelings sort of are mirrored by my feelings of the entire three episode run, which is you've set us up, you've answered a lot of questions that we've waited for, and then you have also given us interesting things to look forward to in the next episodes, and they don't have to be right away. That's the kind of the master stroke of the end of your trilogy is you don't need to start addressing this shit in the next episode. You can take a breather and come back to the shit established in this episode. Um, that's one of my favorite aspects of this is that we know we can pivot off of this and then come back to it when we need to. And, you know, Rob Bowman's the fucking man. But, um, Goodwin. It, <clears throat> say again. This one's Goodwin. Goodwin's the, the closer. The reverse. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you said that earlier. Yeah. Hmm. But um, yeah, dude, it's it's awesome. I I I I mean, I don't know what to say beyond what I've said about them as a trilogy. Um, more specifically, I think this is the best part of the trilogy, which is not common. <laughs> but um, for it to be the strongest episode of the three, it's just a it's. It's, it's the way you want a trilogy. It's the way you right? want it, dude. You want to close it up with strength. Yep. And I like that. And um, I'll tell you, this is almost the opposite of Star Wars because I think probably the second one's the weakest, right? Yeah. Yep. So it's Great. it's like the opposite of, this is the opposite of Star Wars to me. Yeah. Yep. You know, you you have, it, it goes an episode of how good they are, three, one, two. Yeah. And that's yep. okay. I think you, I think your bookends are solid. The middle gets a little goofy. 
but it's still got some good points to it. And then you hammer it strong home at the end. I love that. Yeah. I'd rather it not fizzle out. You know, I like, I like that it comes in and just bangs it out. Absolutely, dude. That is, that is how a three-parter should, should deliver on paper sure. and, and rarely does. Especially because you know, you still got show left. The show's oh, not yeah. over, right? A lot of show. So and especially just from a, up? you know, I think the, the studio way to do this would be to have, you know, if you think the third part is going to be the strongest, um, you'd want, want that one to be a finale or a, or a, um, premiere. Sure. Right. It's kind of unconventional to, to put that as episode two, but I like the move. Um, Dwayne, Dwayne Barry is a three parter BP saying, I'm pretty sure he's right about that. Yeah. It's, it's a, a little loosey It, it definitely is. Cause one breath, I mean, obviously it's a hundred percent tied to it. I just always think of one breath a little bit more in an isolated sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really fair because it's directly tied to what happens. In, but I think of Dwayne Barron Ascension as a two-parter with, with one breath being the follow-up. But you could definitely also absolutely say it was a three-parter. For sure. Um, and and kind of the same thing. Like, if anything, one breath is the strongest of those three. So Sure. Yeah. Yep. Pretty cool. Um, well, I didn't see, uh, I don't think any, uh, anybody dropped anything new there while we were talking. But That's um, okay. Um, conveniently, Edgar Masala did drop a line and this will tie uh, tie back to my answer to you sir skinner this is where you pucker up and kiss my ass hell yeah i think my mvp has to be skinner yeah i was thinking it was going to be skinner as well um i i, I was like he's going to pick skinner <laughs> yep um, cuz i was thinking about it and you know scully has scully has a, a few of my favorite lines she has a couple incredible kind of emotional moments and deliveries um you know, but, Skinner, but, but they're not, you know, they're not doing anything they don't normally do. Right. That's the biggest That's thing the is king. that yep. Skinner is, this is, this is adding a whole new, we're seeing a lot out of this character we haven't seen before. Yes. Not out of Pleggy. Like, I mean, he's, he's been great from the get go. They're just finally giving him more to work with and more, yeah. more to do and be involved with. And yep. from, from the stakes he lays out, from the physicality that that fight scene is pretty fucking good, man. And not all of it, there's stuntman work, but there's a lot of scenes where you see that's, that's, that's Pelegi. That's um, awesome, dude. Yep, which is great. And, uh, and then obviously those couple, couple one-on-ones with cigarette smoking man are just mm-hmm. outstanding. Yeah. It's great um, to see him out of his element. Yeah. What well, would you, is your MVP the same? Yeah. I had, I had Pelegi by a fucking mile. It, just on the basic premise that he was doing stuff outside of his comfort zone mm. and in just flexing a little bit more than usual. Whereas, and, and, and it's funny, this is <laughs> this is that thing where people are like, well, Tom Brady's lost more Super Bowls than some other fucking guy who hasn't won <laughs> as many. You know what I mean? It's almost like Mulder and Scully are a victim of that success because they are good and especially Jillian Anderson. But she didn't do, she, she's great. Like, Arguably, she's better. Like she's better than Pelegi, probably. Truth be told, if you if you break it down and just watch both of their performances, like straight finish, straight through. But I'm just saying, as a as somebody who's got to kind of step outside of their zone a little bit, a, a character not he is he's a main character, but he's not a Mulder or a Scully, right? Yep. And this is, I mean, this is the season, though. I think we <laughs> right. mentioned it. It was the first. Uh, I think. I think it was in Blessing Way. It was the first also starring for Mitch Pelegi in the credits. Um, this season is definitely Skinner gets elevated to a much more prominent role. Awesome. Uh, and maybe that's coming on the back of this, which is cool. 
but that's what I mean. Like it's, it's, um, it's, you know, Jillian Anderson is a victim of her own success in this particular sort of hypothetical, well, not hypothetical, but just sort of question I threw out to you as far as I, as far as I'm concerned for my own personal taste. But I was just, I just like that he did something different and I had him kind of, kind of by a mile. I like it, dude. I like yeah, it. Dude. Um, well, let's, uh, what do you think? Should we bring this sucker to a close? Get to, uh, get to our, our wrap up and uh, listener comments if you get any kind of sounds good kind to of me. moments here. Um, and I also have a administrative note, a rather important one, I think, because cool. it's going to come down to uh, the actual content coming your way. Um, do you have? Uh, do you have? Why? Oh, and now yes, is your is the answer to your question? <laughs> as, as I as I Matthew Anderson my way through this Facebook page. Um, do you have a listener comment ready? I do. <laughs> okay. Ruth Ruth Bale says. I love the locations in this episode. <laughs> all right. She doesn't talk like that. We all know how she talks. That smoky claustrophobic syndicate club lounge, Clemper's ethereal greenhouse, the crazy secret mind filled the archive files, the UFO. It's all awesome and genuinely memorable. Combine that with a particularly solid script where stuff constantly happens. She writes in caps. Good acting and cool one-liners drop left and right definitely makes it a love for me. Also, the moment when we see an uncharacteristically rattled CSM bark, do you have the damn tape in Skinner's face is almost as satisfying as Skinner's wry little smile as that power dynamic really shifts just slightly. What a badass. Um, I picked that comment for a reason because it pretty much mirrors my exact thoughts. Awesome. Well done, Ruth. Going to give you one from Mr. Ruff, Mr. OG Wesley Ruff. Um, Not to be confused with Lindy Ruff. (laughs) Former Sabres coach. Nice. <laughs> oh, coach, right. Um, he was rec- a player. You're right about that. Yeah. I recorded Paperclip when it aired and played the tape so much it wore out. Next to Earl Meyer Flask, this has to be the second Beth Mythology episode, and that's not my opinion. It's just a fact. Powerful, Wesley. <laughs> there are so many great moments in this episode. Clemper in his garden. There's no more ambiguity as to whose side Skinner is on. The struggle mining camp scene, which connects nicely to the first X-Files movie. Good point. Um, Krychek telling CSM he would make him a very famous man, but the best scene is Skinner welcoming CSM to the wonderful world of high technology. Yeah, great. Uh, this episode gets a solid love from me. Uh, great comment, and since we already blew our load with love in this episode, let me ask you, is there a reason, other than just there's so many other good ones, you know, because a few people have talked about this in their in their tops. Somebody else had said it's it's in their top ten. I think that was um, who was that? Nikki, Nikki Benoit. Okay. Um, but is I kind of feel watching this. I'm like, man, I, this episode doesn't really get the love it deserves. Is it just a matter of there's so many fucking great episodes and this being the end of a three parter, or, or are we kind of like, oh, am I over loving it because it's just the most freshest thing in my head? What do you think? I, I think the middle answer you had was the was the correct answer. And I want to talk about that, but can I just highlight one thing Wesley said? Yep. There is no more ambiguity as to whose side Skinner is on. Dude, that's huge. We've talked huge. a lot about galvanizing Mulder and Scully. Let's talk about galvanizing them too and Skinner. Because even though Skinner breaks balls and he does his stuff, there is sometimes ambiguity and it is no more clear than it has ever been. That That is no more the case. So that's a really good catch by Wesley. Well done. Yep. Good stuff. Now, Anything more to add? Or That's it. Just, but yeah. I do want it to. But, but I think back to your answer, the middle answer, that which was it's the, the end of a three parter. Okay. Yep. So, so it's just not thought of as its own. I thing think so. I think it's yes. Yep. It, it happens with great films, dude. 
Yeah. You know, you could, you could pick a Lord of the Rings movie, but people are always like, ah, but it's Lord of the Rings movies. You know, it's, it's, that happens, man. It's a, (laughs) it's, it's, it's harmed by being attached to two other episodes. I think. Yeah. It doesn't, that's my total guess. It's a good Uh, answer. You know? Um, all right. So our, our announcement here, um, is that, so we're coming into season three, Crazy. Um, yeah, pretty cool. We're two episodes in now. Um, and we have done commentary, uh, yep. episodes for each, uh, each season. And this time around, we, we had a vote for one of them last season. And I think this time around we are, uh, we're just going to fire it out there and let you guys pick it. So how this is going to work? If you're, if you're listening live in the chat, great. Um, for everybody else listening <laughs> to this, the day this drops, um, uh, we are going to create the poll that night. So it'll be probably Sunday night Correct. to Monday morning. The Facebook post will go up. Um, so if you're listening and you're not in the group, just jump in. You can, you can help make this decision. Um, it's not only going to be a poll, it's going to be user added. So maybe right, we'll stock right. it with a few choices, but you can add your own choices. You can vote on them. Um, <clears throat> and uh, that will be, uh, it's the X-Files fan group, LSG Media on Facebook. Can't miss it if you look it up. And uh, I don't know. Do we? Do you want to do two or three this this uh, season? I'm into three. Fuck it. Yeah, they're fucking blast, man. I, I like them, and I think we've gotten pretty good. Uh, I mean, three out of twenty six, we're fine. You right, know? right, right. It's uh, gotten good feedback, I think, from people. So, so yeah, your votes will determine which three episodes of the season um, we will uh, we will do as commentaries. Unless so. they're dumb votes, then we'll shut you down. And then we'll ignore you because the best part about uh, this this democracy is that it's an optional democracy. <laughs> this is the syndicate, son. Which sometimes I wish we lived into, you know, <laughs> every once in a while. What would they say? The best thing about democracy is you let uh, the people get to make the choices. The worst thing about democracy is you let the people make the choices. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Well, dude, next week, Josh, my next excitement week. level is up there. <laughs> two, week, two weeks, but my, my excitement level is fucking booming. <laughs> Giovanni, Giovanni Rapizzi, Jack Black, and my girl Karen Lore. This is this is something. This oh, is something for guest stars. This is an episode. I can't wait. Fucking, you got video games. You got superpowers. Elect, fucking lightning bolts. You got yep. a. Hey, what do you know? A socially awkward Giovanni Rapizzi <laughs> character that never <laughs> happens. <laughs> right? He fucking can't get right every time. Hey, go watch Boiler Room again. Yeah, man. He's he's, he's kind of straight up pretty pretty. I mean, he's is he not going to get off, right in that? No, no, no. He's he's it, that's a um, it's like a stockbroken fucking movie. I, I just have the gift stuck in my head. <laughs> sure, <laughs> many of like, them. Talking about seeing his dad's belt buckle. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we get it, we get it. You're fucked up. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, well, good shit, my friend. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, what was I going to say? The the chat, man. You guys are crushing it tonight. Crushing it. Crushing so it. I, yeah. I, I, I Smaller group than sometimes. Long layoff, but really uh, very active and a lot of good stuff to say. Yeah. No question about it. And I'm looking um, at the audio track and boy, it seems like I did a lot more talking than you. That's what <laughs> Sorry. Like that. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. You have more to say, you say. When moved, speak. Mm, I, I stay that. out of the way, man. I stay out of the way when people got good shit to say. Just don't step on my bits, you know? <laughs> I like when I get my bit stepped on. It makes me real ornery. Can't, can't cage that bird. <laughs> Stepping on bits makes me mad. But anyway, um, I guess we can get out of here. 
Yeah, we'll send, see we'll send, Yeah, we'll send him off dancing. Pucker up and kiss my ass. <laughs> Listening to the X Files podcast by LSG Media. Visit us on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net.